Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. All right. Hello, everybody. This is a, an impromptu episode of Pod Thorn. I'm doing this by myself. It is currently 1242 uh, on the East Coast where I am in Washington, D.C. I have law school class in under nine hours, but, you know, like I, I, I just watched this Nets-Kings game and this feels like rock bottom. Whether it is or isn't, I don't know. That's what people like to say in order to get... Twitter likes and whatnot, but um, I, I needed to do a reaction pod because I just have a lot of different emotions. And I actually was in the Twitter spaces, and I thought some of the things that were said were so preposterous. And I think I think I do speak for a lot of Net fans when I say a lot of what I say and what a lot of what Eve says and what Bam says and the whole Podthorn team, uh, pod, uh, Podthorn team says. Um, but I want to start with you know. The losses like tonight are a culmination of a team that since training camp has been completely in disarray. Like you start out the season where one of your best players is not going to be available to play in home games, let alone at all due to the team's decision in Kyrie Irving it, right off the jump. And we heard from Nets fans and we heard from certain writers and whatnot that, you know, um, this, this team is really close. It's not going to be a distraction. It's not going to be a distraction. And for people who actually know sports and actually follow sports, it was obvious that that wasn't, that, 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 that wasn't going to be the case. Sorry, I'm, I'm a little heated right now. I have a lot of adrenaline, um, which is why I'm still up right now. But, you know, we all knew this wasn't going to be the case. We all knew that and the NBA season is taxing. And even if the chatter around Kyrie getting vaccinated or not um, wasn't going to continue – which, by the way, it still goes in and out constantly, there are lingering effects of it. There are players playing too many minutes. Patty Mills has played the most minutes he's ever played in his life. The guy is in his um, early to mid-30s. You know, KD was playing 40-something minutes a game uh, at different points. Harden was playing was playing way too many minutes. And so, you know... You start off with you start off with the Kyrie, with the Kyrie injury uh, with the Kyrie uh, vaccination status, and then you couple that with James Harden coming into camp objectively out of shape. I mean, this has been said by a million different people, whether that's Zach Lowe or Ryan Rosillo or John Hollinger or Nate Duncan or anybody who's been watching Harden his whole career and even closer than I have, even as someone who watched a lot of Harden in Houston. It is an unequivocal fact that the dude came into camp out of shape and we because we've seen what he looks like when he's not in shape. And this idea that as players get older – they 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 just break down and, or, or or get fatter is pure nonsense. They Chris Haynes did a report yesterday about how much Chris Paul is spending on his body and why he's having as good of a year this year as he's ever had. And you know we see the same thing with LeBron. Tim Duncan elongated his career that way. Kobe elongated his career that way by getting in good shape. Harden isn't in good shape, but he hasn't been in good shape. If you want to say early in the season, in the first month or two, it was still about the, the hamstring. I think that's kind of ridiculous. The hamstring injury happened in June. The season started in October. He didn't he didn't tear it. He had a strain. 
Um, but if you want to say that, fine. It, it, the officiating stuff, I think that plays a role, but that doesn't have to do with his burst. That doesn't have to do with his lift. That doesn't have to do with the fact that the ball fumbles off of his fumbles off of his leg. All that has to do with is, is the free throw rates. And the truth is, is that besides the first month or two when he got used to it, his free throw rate was still decent. But but you cannot deny that he doesn't look like he's the same uh, like he's the same guy. And look, he still does get to the free throw line, in part because he's. He still has obviously a great handle, and he also is like a, a bowling ball when he starts going downhill, and he's obviously gonna get uh, gonna get contact. But let's like let's not you know um, not call it out how it is. Like he is not in shape. He hasn't been in shape, and nights like tonight are examples of that. He had to play a back-to-back. He played 37 minutes yesterday. He played 37 minutes tonight. Tonight he went 2 of 11. He had six turnovers and uh, uh, and was 0 of 5 from, the, from, the, uh, from 3. He didn't get to the free throw line once, even yesterday. Um, he – what you call it? Yesterday he was 6 of 19 – uh, shooting, he had four turnovers, ten assists. As I, uh, as you may have seen that I've tweeted, Horton has had a, a already in this year has had ten games where he's had where he shot under forty percent, forty percent or under, and also has had five turnovers or more. I mean, like it, like. You can call it the hamstring. You can call it whatever you want. I, I think I think every Nets fan who's watched basketball and watched his career knows that this is not simply a hamstring thing. Um, I want to circle back on the Kyrie thing because I forgot one point that I that I wanted to make, which is that you know this notion that he uh, that it's not a distraction him going in and out of the lineup, and that this whole thing like the team is getting just loves each other so much and they're and and they're used to this or or whatnot. Let's just keep it 100 as the as the kids say. If you're going into work every single day and there's a guy who's unbelievably talented, albeit a bit of polarizing, but incredibly talented and but he only comes in Monday, Wednesday, Friday and doesn't come in Tuesday, Thursday. And and his effects when he's there on Monday, Wednesday, Friday are incredibly helpful. And he leads you on a certain track, but on Tuesday, Thursday, he's just not reachable. It's inevitable. I don't care what office you live in, uh, what office you work in. It is inevitable that that is going to create strain. It's frustrating. You don't get momentum. You can't gel with the people you're working with. There's no, it is. There's just no way that you can tell me, as from a human being perspective, that it is not an absolute distraction knowing that a guy is not going, uh, knowing that a guy is not, is there one day and then is not there the next day. You just cannot tell me that. There's just no possible way. Um, and you, so you combine the Harden and Kyrie thing, the Kyrie vaccination status coupled with Harden shape, and the season has just kind of been a disaster. You then couple that with, you know, the Joe Harris injury the KD injury, the uh, the Claxton being in and out of the lineup constantly. Lamarcus is now is now hurt. I mean, the notion that a team that's competing for the title has had to play three rookies, two of which were <laughs> two of which were second round picks. The other two were incredibly late first round picks. Big minutes for a team that's trying to win the title is obviously insane, and it does not doesn't bode well for the team. But 
I want to keep it full circle, go back to full circle, which is that what I find so interesting is that Nets fans are like losing their minds over this lost game to the Kings when like they've had a million bad losses this year. Like this isn't like this isn't something new. This is a team that's been underperforming and hasn't been playing well. Whether KD is in the lineup with Harden, whether it's KD, whether it's uh, Kyrie and Harden, like no matter what it is whether there was games with KD and Kyrie, whatever it is, like. They haven't looked good. They have. It, it, there's been too much stuff going on. There's been too many injuries. There's been too much off the court stuff that I think we can't even. We don't even know uh, uh, what it is. I mean, let's like let's go back just so Nets fans remember this. They lost by 23 on opening night by the Bucks, and 23 feels like a, a, a decent outcome given the way they played in that game. They got blown out by uh, by Charlotte in October. They lost by 23 by uh, by the Bulls in October. They, I mean, I mean, they've had they've had a million bad losses. They lost by fourteen to uh, to uh, to Memphis at home. They lost uh, they lost by twenty one to Oklahoma City. They've, I mean, they've lost to the they they just lost to the Timberwolves. They had that horrible loss against the Trailblazers. They, I mean, they they lost to the Kings today. And people like I'm hearing people tweet like you know, well, the Kings are. The Kings have a lot of talent. The Kings are an abject disaster. They're thinking of blowing up their entire team. So this idea that they're uh, that, that we played a talented team, the Nets have the two best players playing in this game by leaps and bounds. When James Harden is James Harden, and when Kyrie Irving is Kyrie Irving, Kyrie had an, an off day, but his effort was uh, was was there, and, I, and 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 like he's allowed to have a a bad game, but. Like, let's not make a no mistake about it. I mean, I don't care coming off a of back-to-back. You're playing a team that is in total freefall, the Kings. Alvin Gentry, the coach himself, said before the game that the team was not in a good place. Like, today was a pathetic loss. But the, but the real issue is that for a diehard fan like me who watches most games, this doesn't feel like it's that different. This feels closer to status quo than anything else. This is the type of loss that you would have thought this year would be like beyond shocking, and you'd have to just go to bed because you were just so shocked by it. But that's not—that's not what this is. I mean, that's not what this is at all. This is the same crap that we've been that that we've been dealing with. And look, there's going to be a lot of stuff uh, after to, after tonight's game about Nash's coaching. I personally think that you know. Nash isn't there to be an Eric Spolstra type coach. Nash is there because there's three superstars there, and with superstar type coaches, you need a guy who is fine with X's and O's, but most of all keeps people in check. You, like you, you need basically the uh, the personality side that Phil Jackson ha- had in terms of being able to. Uh, manipulate personalities in order to make everyone seem happy, which, to be honest, given what Nash has dealt with, I think he's done a pretty pretty good job. He also has an incredibly um, esteemed and uh, – uh, I'm trying to think what the right word is uh, – and also skilled uh, assistant coaches with Jacques Vaughn and David Vanderpool and Steve Clifford as a um, – as as a consultant along with like Kyle Korver and Amari. Like there's a lot of guys there that are there to help everything that's going on. But – so I don't think I don't think Nash is the big issue, and to be honest, like no one thought Nash was the issue last year when they lost to the. I mean, they they, they were when they were beating the Bucks. No one was complaining about Nash. This team is always built on its stars and its stars alone. But I mean, this I mean this franchise is a franchise that has to decide like what it actually what it actually wants to be. Because right now, I think there's this idea that it it's supposed to be this beacon of like player empowerment and 
which is all fine and dandy. There's no one who's more pro player empowerment than I am. But you get to a certain point where it's like this Kyrie situation is not is just not sustainable. And unless you tell me tomorrow that Eric Adams is changing the mandate, which I don't think he's going to, because I think it's political. I, I still maintain that I think it's political suicide for a politician to give an exemption for uh, an athlete making thirty million dollars a year when you know, FDNY, NYPD, and hospital workers have to go get vaccinated or else lose their job. I don't think that's the best look. I know that other cities have made um, exemptions and that does, you know, uh, that that did change my mind a bit. But, like, you can't rely on that stuff. And, like, you – I mean the combination of, of this Kyrie thing coupled with this Harden thing, it's just it, – like, it just doesn't feel sustainable. It's not what championship teams – have it's not what the Raptors had a couple years ago. It's not what the Bucks had last year. It's not like the the the. It's not what the Warriors had when they won their titles. There wasn't this constant drama, no continuity, never playing together. And look, a, a lot of this stuff at the end of the day is out of the Nets' hands. Like you know the Joe Harris injury, the KD injury, um, now Lamarcus Claxton being in and out of the lineup, like. That stuff is really annoying. I, like, don't get me wrong, but like, you you get to a certain point where like you kind of are what your record are is, and you are what like you are you you are what you are. And this team right now is just not particularly good. They haven't been they haven't been playing well for a while now. Um, they've had a bunch of wins where they didn't even where they didn't even look good. I look back to the uh, the game I was at um, a, a two weeks ago against the Wizards. They looked they looked. Terrible. They should. They, they they absolutely could have lost. They went to overtime against you know like that that Spurs B team. They barely beat the Pacers in Kyrie's first game back back in early January. I mean this team hasn't looked. I mean they had that humongous collapse against the Clippers where they t- totally took their foot off the gas. This team like is basically waiting for the playoffs, which you know it's hard for me to argue. Like these regular season games, I don't know how much they matter. Because at the end of the day, I thought they didn't have enough continuity last year and they looked really good. So maybe all of this is for nothing. And that does also kind of go back to what I was saying earlier, which is that I don't really get why today felt like the uh, felt like the crescendo. Like what, what makes tonight different from all other nights? Like, I mean, they didn't, they didn't play well and they blew it to a team that they were way better than. It's the story of the season. They don't, they don't play hard. The, they, uh, they think that they can turn it on and turn it off whenever they want, except they haven't won anything yet. So they don't really have the cachet of like a, a Chiefs team, for example, who would just turn it on and turn it off whenever they want and usually it would work out. Although, as we saw, it it, it actually bit them in the ass this year. Um, and so from that perspective, I don't really understand why everyone's freaking out. This is basically what we're what we're dealing with. And look, it, like this team, there's only one thing that's going to save this team. It's health. They, they, they have trades to make for sure. I would – I mean I've been on the record that I've said that I would – like obviously look at deals for Claxton. I think that if Joe Harris isn't coming back, you have to consider trading him. You can't just have $20 million sitting on the bench. Um, if uh, I would also definitely entertain trading the rookies, this team is here to win a title and that's it. And you know, I mean, it, it's clear that something has to change. I think, I think, you know, obviously this is kind of like the dog days into the dog days of summer. This is kind of the dog days of winter. Um, where you know we're in, we're now past game fifty, we're getting close to the All Star break. I think players can see the All Star break coming, but I mean this is just how the team has been like the whole year, and and you know the, I I'm gonna close soon, and um, but 
I saw a lot of people were saying, well, like maybe this is hard and trying to force his way out or not one way or another. I, I personally don't know. I also don't know how much I really like care at this point. If Harden wants to win, Harden should be in shape and should be, and should be playing at an MVP type level because he's the only one of the big three that hasn't won a title yet. And him dogging it right now and having multiple games where he looks like he couldn't give a shit. Like, like nice dude like great i'm happy that you're i'm I'm happy that you're coasting like the team isn't playing well you're the one that actually has something to prove you're the one that people thought were was a dark horse mvp candidate because you had something to prove you're the one that got hurt in the in the playoffs last year you're the one who came into camp uh last year uh out of shape and then and then hurt the hamstring which you have to believe those two things are related i can't believe people think those two things weren't weren't related and so like if he thinks that he's going to be better off in Philly, like fine, like go nuts. Seriously, like the net, like the, the Nets can make a, the Nets can get a bunch of really good pieces back for him. And if he wants to, and if he wants to rely on on the rest of his career on uh, Joel Embiid and whatever pieces they can put together, like that, that's fine. I think he knows, and I think he knows that the, that that his highest peak is with this Nets team because what because what Sean Marks did put together, even with a bunch of bad signings, was still. A, a really talented team. They just haven't played together due to due to health and due to Kyrie's absence. But like, I don't even. I can't even get that bogged down in the Kyrie in the Harden trade stuff because, like, something's got to give one way or another. He's either going to play better or he's or he's not. He's going to get traded or he's not. And there's just nothing really that you can that you can do about it right now because right now we're at the low point with Harden. You have him both not playing well and also trade rumors. And it's like, all right, like something. Something at the end of the day we've got to give. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I think I think that this roster definitely needs changes. I said that on the top, off the top. Um, but all in all, I think I'll just say that you know uh, this this is a season that Nets fans will remember one way or another. Coming back down to Harden and Kyrie, those are the two guys. KD works his ass off. KD is a, is the professional of all professionals. But this season is about. Kyrie and his vaccination status, which I've talked at nauseum about, and I don't really want to get into more, and and Harden not being in in shape and not looking like the same guy. It's about Harden's defensive rating being in the oh, close to one close to one twenty and not putting in no effort. It's about his turnovers constantly. It's about him having multiple games where he can't hit a three and can't create any separation. And you know, and and this Kyrie thing I think has had effects on everybody else on the team. I think like. Players on the team having to play excess minutes is brutal. I think the constant in and out is brutal. You know, like I'm, I'm thinking like what it's like to be Patty Mills. The dude left the Spurs where like continuity is a given, and then he comes to this team where he's going where he's playing a gazillion minutes and also ha- is playing with different teammates every day. It's ridiculous, and the whole thing is kind of a circus. And they're talented enough where where they're where they're not a circus where they're four and forty, but it is a like. It is a circus. Like this is like it, it, this feels like it's out of control right now. I think all Nets fans can kind of kind of feel that way. There's a different roster every day. There's different criticisms on Nash every day. There's different rumors about Harden every day. There's different rumors about Kyrie every day. There's different rumors about Joe Harris's injury every day. Like it's 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 ridiculous. And 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 someone needs to step up and they need some type of leadership and it does, I don't know who that is and I think the team is missing it. Um and I don't think there needs to be some seismic tra- change, like trading one of the superstars or firing Nash, obviously. But 
I mean, this this team, this team needs something, and maybe that's just some good injury news, uh, some lucky injury news. But it definitely needs something because right now this is just on a on a crappy trajectory. But uh, anyway, this is a uh, solo episode of Pod Thorn. Um, follow me at Samuel S A M U E L Lachow L A C H O W on Twitter, uh, and continue to follow uh, Pod Thorn. Follow Bam and Eves as well. Um, at pass first and at at, at pot thorn. Um, see you guys. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details.